What is up designers and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. Um, I'm on my way up the staircases back to the room after I finish recording this podcast episode. Um, yeah, just to give you a brief intro about what this podcast episode is about. This podcast episode is about, you know, inner game. Okay, you know, like the pickup artists, they say they got inner game and outer game. Um, it's no different for sports. It's no different for business. Um, essentially, the mindset and, and, and the tactics and the strategies we use to align the body and optimize the body to follow through with our mission. Um, super interesting stuff if you're into that kind of thing. If not, yeah, that's okay too. But uh, without further ado, here's the episode. And if you enjoy this podcast, as always, subscribe, rate, and review. And um, also, you know, obviously, we got a summit happening this month with 30 top podcasters, influencers, multimillionaires, some of the multimillionaires, um, and they talk about how to build social movements around their business. If you want to join the waiting list to that summit, it's very it's a free summit, free virtual summit, um, where they talk about how they build a social movement in 30 days flat or get canceled. It's at www.survivingthecancel.com, okay? And so without further ado, here's this theme music, and I hear from you in the next episode, I guess. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, people who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams, and people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands, the people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar, how do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design, the podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing them out into the world, and informing past movements. What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. It is another beautiful night here in the city of LA it's about 12 10 a.m. and on this particular episode I am popping in to talk about you know the inner side to creating movements the inner side and the mental side to what it is that we do because you know on a surreptitious level, it is just as important as the outer. It's just as important as the tactics and strategies that we employ to create things for this world. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. You know, as a wrestler, um, which it all goes back to being a wrestler because sports are some of the earliest moments where I first understood what it meant. Um, Really, what I, you know, I understand, I understood the inner workings of my mind and how it would influence what I knew and how I apply what I knew, you know? And so I want to start there, you know, as a wrestler, um, my biggest goal, as I always say in so many different episodes, was to win a state title. You know, that's all it was that I cared about as a wrestler. And really in life at that point, 
you know, I worked so hard every single day to actually become skilled enough to the point where I could actually win a state title. You know, I worked hard every single day, you know, when I knew that that's what I had wanted to do, which was really over the summer of my sophomore year going into junior year. And I remember going to practice every day and getting on the bus at 3 p.m. in the daytime um, by myself, going like multiple hours out to an entirely different county. I was going from my county, Parkville, to Dundalk um, to practice. And I would go out there. I would get there probably... I don't even remember how long the bus ride took, to be honest. You know, I remember getting on the bus at 3.30, and I might have got there at like 5 or 5.30 or 6 or something like that. And then I would go to work for like two hours, and I would get home like 10, 11 at night. And I would do that like almost every day and just, just, just grind and work hard. And by the time that I became a senior, you know, I was on my campaign to win my first state title, um, I knew pretty much, like my wrestling knowledge was pretty much unparalleled at this point in time. Like... I knew so much about the sport and I was performing so well within the sport, you know. Most people within my county and in my region uh, couldn't really keep keep up with me on the mat. And uh, so I took second, losing to only, you know, a friend of mine who I practiced with all summer. We knew each other's moves, who actually went on to become a state champion. I lost to him at the county finals by one point. And then I won the region championship. I won the region title. And then we went on to states, but in the states, I lost my first match, okay? And I remember leading up to that match and leading up to that event, stepping into the arena that we wrestled in for states called Cole Fields House, so the arena was called, and just being completely starstruck and just kind of being like, you know, just looking at the entire, the entirety of it like, man, I finally made it. This is all that I'd ever dreamed about. And... You know, that experience of finally making it and being starstruck kind of transferred into my first level, uh, into my first match, which was the reason that I lost. You know, I always, this is one of the biggest things I hate, you know, in life in general is when there's somebody that I'm rooting for and they lose. Like last night, uh, the boxing was going on, the boxing matches was going on, and Vasily Lomachenko was one of the boxers that, you know, I look up to a lot just because of his style and the way he performs. And I really wanted him to win that match, and he lost. Similar to... Uh, Jordan Burroughs is a wrestler I really look up to and during the 2016 Olympic uh, championships he lost that match as well uh, I think he lost in the second round to Anwar Godoyev who he beat the year before and every time something like this happens it would really disappoint me a lot you know when people freeze in big moments you know and they drop the ball in ways that aren't natural to them and that's something that happened to me as a senior wrestling in a state tournament I froze in that big moment you know and uh I remember, like, even leading up to that moment, uh, that entire year, like, oh, man, it was so much anxiety and so much emotions, and all of that came to a head within that first match. Like, it was so much weighing me down, you know? You know, there were two dynamics that I was experiencing. The first was that I wanted bad, more badly than anything in the world to win, but the second thing I was experiencing was I didn't want to lose, you know? I, I, I couldn't, I, I was very dependent on the outcome, okay, and so, like, uh, you know, it was like, it was like, I want badly to win, so I tried everything with my power to win, but because I was depending on the outcome, and I didn't want to lose, there was inhibitions in me forcing me to take, not take the risk that I would have naturally taken, and so it was like I was stepping on the gas and the brake at the same time, 
okay? In that moment where I lost that state championship, you know, it was like every, all this, you know, low level hum of anxiety and inhibitions that had haunted me in my entire life had finally came to a head in ways that I didn't know it existed. I didn't know those emotions that existed on that level until I really got to that moment. And so recently, you know, my life has been in complete pandemonium. Uh, man, <laughs> my life is, is, is everywhere. You know, I'm over in Los Angeles, you know, pursuing this dream of creating this business and freeing myself from going on to make music. And it's been a tough journey, a difficult journey. Like, you know, my bank account went into the negative. I don't have a bank account anymore because it got shut down because I couldn't pay it off. Delivery driving every day to make money. Um, not being able to pay my own rent, you know, it's been a complete and constant grind since day one And it's been going further and further and further downhill trying to fight for what it is that I want out of life Okay And so I'm coming up to a launch where I believe it'll be a very successful launch And it'll deliver to me the success that I've always been dreaming of and that I've always been wanting Okay um, Sorry if you can't hear me because of a car, but yeah, I'm building up to this launch uh, of my company um, through this summit you know I'm using a summit campaign to launch my company on the back end of it called the surviving the cancel summit and similar to how back in the day I always wanted to win a state title I always wanted to have a successful business and get that money in the door and really just create something for this world and use that thing to be self-sufficient and go on to make music and as I'm coming on the launch of this summit a lot of those old emotions that I didn't realize existed are resurfacing you know, they were, you know, coming up on launching summit, I've had so much anxiety and so much inhibitions and so much pure terror. You know, there's a subtle underlying fear in all of us every day. And in these big moments, we freeze because all of it just comes ahead. Everything that we think could possibly go wrong, the voice in the back of our mind that's always active, all this neuroticness that's always talking to us just comes to head and kind of tries to sabotage everything. You know, it really made me realize in these last few weeks that, you know, my brain is out to get me. Your biology that only wants to survive and doesn't really care about doing things that's great. The animal side of you doesn't have your best interests at heart. It's always out to get you. You know, it'll tell you to eat carbs. It'll tell you to lay in bed. It'll tell you to not work. It'll tell you to not be disciplined. And that voice, that subtle voice in the back of our head that's always trying to stop us, that's always trying to keep us safe, that's always trying to stop us from being great, you know, is on at all times. And so coming up on this launch, you know, the closer and closer I got to launch, you know, I started to feel similar to how I felt coming up on my final year as a wrestler. I remember there were days, I, like, I would sleep, and you know that feeling you get when you fall asleep? Uh, like, you feel like you're falling just as you're falling asleep and you just wake up? Like, in that brief split second when I closed my eyes at night and I felt like I was falling, I would have a flash dream that, like, a wrestler was taking a shot on me, like, which means he's trying to go in for a takedown, and I would just snap awake. I wouldn't sleep on my back. You know, I would drive past my school, which hosted the first tournament of, of the year. And every time I drove past, even though it was the summertime and wrestling season happened in the wintertime, it was months out, I would feel loads and loads of anxiety just thinking about it, thinking about what I was going to think about, what path that I was going to take. So coming up on this launch, some of the same experiences were, some of the same feelings were experienced. And uh, man, a lot of days, like, I felt terrible. I just felt, you know, I felt awful, to be honest, man. I lost, like, so many, like, 
I would feel so disillusioned before I like, when I went to sleep at night and when I wake up in the, when I would wake up in the morning like so many thoughts and so many voices and so many negative opinions and feelings would just go through my head so much anxiety and when I go to reach out to somebody to get them on my summit like I would just pause and I would think of all the things that could go wrong and all the things they could say and all these inhibitions stopping me from being great would just come over and over and over and over and over again and completely just ter- deter me and derail me from what it is that I actually want to do and th- that I know I want to. As soon as I go out to step out on a limb, my brain and my body would just be like, no, don't do it. Like, this could be very, very bad for you. Um, all these different feelings would come up to stop me. And But coming up on this summit, coming up on this launch, and coming up, you know, it just could, I couldn't help but be reminded of the times as a wrestler where I wanted to be a state champion. I couldn't be a state champion because I froze just like the people that I look up to in the moments that mattered most. You know, I'm stepping my foot on the gas, but inhibitions are stopping me from progressing forward. And that's something that, that you know, that feeling like I, I can't replicate. I can't, re- like that, you know, I always promised myself if I, have, if I had a big moment again, I wouldn't let it slow me down. And so this was the moment, you know, and it was replaying out the exact same way. And I'm like, man, I remember how states felt. I remember how these things felt. I can't let it slow me down. And I'm making up this podcast episode because I know a lot of people in life probably feel like that. And one of the things that I remember that always guided me the right way was, you know, Owen Cook. Owen Cook, he's a, a, a pickup artist. You know, he used to have a pickup company called Real Social Dynamics. And one of the things that he's so much more than a pickup artist, though. Look him up on YouTube, Owen Cook uh, or Owen Cook Free Tour, Owen Free Tour. Um, what he was always talk about was that you have to strike a perfect balance, you know, is the age old debate of inner and outer game. You know, as a wrestler, I knew everything in my head, but the inner, like what was inside of me wasn't functioning appropriately. Right. And so in the practice room, if I wrestled the way I did in the practice room in a match, I would literally be unstoppable. I probably would have won that state title hands down. You know, because I was a beast in the practice room. But when I was outside, you know, because I was in a different environment that was non control and things were at stake, you know, my inner game was all out of whack. You know, what was inside of me, my mentality, my mindset, what I thought was all out of whack. Okay. And um, so he would always talk about inner and outer game and how if you want to be a high performer, one of the things that you have to do is have a perfect balance of the inner and the outer. And so I was very skilled at my outer games, so just like coming on this up on this summit. I'm very skilled at marketing and running campaigns and things like that. But my inner game was weak and was stopping me from doing what I have to do. And so you reach this, you have to reach this place is what he, what he would explain to me in some of the old videos that I would watch was that you have to be knowledgeable about the course of action that you're taking. You have to be an expert in the outer. But at the same time, you know, you have to master the inner. And one of the parts of mastering the inner was wanting things very badly, having an intensity and a focus for what it is that you want to accomplish and going for it. But at the same time, and this was the part I've struggled with lifelong and why I'm bringing it up on the podcast, you have to be detached from the outcome. You have to be a detached from what could happen. And so, you know, what had sparked this debate in me or, or a realization that I was ignoring you know the, t- the detachment from what is what could possibly occur was I was watching this uh, podcast uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and he had on his neuroscience his name was uh, Andrew Huberman and they talked about how we learn and how we get into the zone and things like that and one of the things that Andrew Huberman on that podcast talked about a lot was um what was it that he talked about I literally just had it in my head and then it was gone that quick one of the things that he talked about was hold on it's coming back to me 
Oh, here it is. One of the things that he talked about in that podcast was that human beings in our waking state, we are in a constant state of analysis. Okay? We're always, you know, uh, doing the mathematics of our, you know, of our current environment, gathering the logistics of our current environment to determine an outcome at all times. And he talked about, you know, one of the things that high performers and high, you know, high powered athletes were good at was having that balance. You know, in order to learn, and this is the way our brain learns and performs, um, what these athletes would do is they would be superb at gathering data and learning and learning and learning and repetition and working super hard. But one of the things that high performers are good at that most other people aren't was that they also are good at resting very deeply because there are two parts to learning and retaining information and performance in general. It's going very hard, but also knowing how to shut down. This was something that Owen Cook taught, talk, talked about a lot back in the day called release muscles. You have to, or something like that, you have to go very hard. You have to have a, a powerful intent, but you have to know when to ease your foot off the gas and really be free to flow. He talked a lot, you know, Andrew Huberman, and Andrew, he talked about, a lot about people like David Goggins and how they had this kind of mastered. Like, you know, he could easily slip in his own. Like, he could flip a switch in his brain and slip in his own where he's completely, completely focused, but he's really not. He's, instead of trying to do those small piece-by-piece -piece analysis that our brain does, he's kind of in the moment. He's not really worried about it. He's getting to the point, okay? And so both of these people, Andrew and Owen Cook, one of the devices that they describe to kind of get in this flow state of where you're kind of in the moment. You're not doing the analysis and trying to determine some type of distant future outcome, but you're in the moment, you're intense about it, and you're in the zone, you're in state was uh, meditation. Okay, now meditation, everybody talks about meditation, but I think what very few people talk about meditation is meditation has like literal scientific backing and you know, as to the benefits, you know? So the thing that gives us like our inhibitions is the fear inside of us, is our sympathetic nervous system, okay? And a lot of that is triggered and regulated by the amygdala in our brain. Okay, the amygdala is like the fear, panic center in our brain, it controls you know, things like fear, okay? And uh, what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of people in the world, depending on where you live, but more specifically, if you live in a stressful, noisy, bolsterous, city-like environment, that your amygdala becomes swelled and engorged, okay? Like it physically changes, okay? And what meditation has been shown to do, because when that amygdala is swelled and absorbed, the people who are in these circumstances where their amygdala is like this, they're more emotional and a lot less reasonable and a lot less logical they're like neurotic and they're spastic and things like that but what meditation has been shown to do scientifically is to you know to to, to shrink the size of the amygdala as you meditate back to normal size where you can be a lot less emotionally dynamic and more logical and concisive and and, and things like that okay so essentially the same way we have you know and I'm, I'm putting a lot of ideas together that i've heard and I might not be explaining them as scientifically soundly as I should but anyhow you know we all you know have a voice in the back of our head a, a, a voice in our mind you know a, a little a, you know a low hum of fear or anxiety subtly placed in the background dictating our everyday moves and everyday actions we all have you know our brain going on autopilot trying to guide us to safety rather than greatness because greatness has a lot of risk to it okay and a lot of us have this voice amplified because, you know, 
our, essentially our brain, <laughs> you know, is, is, is in fight or flight mode and it's taking control of our body and we, we don't know how to stop it. You know, think about like, have you, ever, have you ever tried to meditate? Like try to meditate, try to clear your mind. You can't even do it. The machine that is your mind is just like, it's, you're not even in control of it. It's just sending thoughts your way back to back to back to back. And a lot of them might be negative. Have you ever sat there down for a day and audited the thoughts that were coming across your brain? Like you have thoughts coming across your brain at a pace like that you can't even control, that you can't even fathom. Like you can't even make yourself like not think. You know, that's how much your brain is hijacking and on autopilot and controlling of your life. And what meditation does is it takes that little voice and it turns the volume on, it mutes it, and it gives you a li- just a little bit, even just a little bit, more control over so you're not heady you're not thinking about it the you know the thoughts that represent your inhibitions aren't popping in your mind all the time they're slowing your life down they're calming you they're focusing you they're getting you centered they're getting you present to the moment because when you're present to the moment see what those thoughts are like andrew huberman said it's like your your brain trying to like get to an outcome it's trying to analyze the logistics to an outcome but when you're in the moment you know you don't when you're focused when you're in the moment when you're in the in zone that's literally the opposite of trying to get to that outcome it's just like you're here you're present and you're focusing on what is going on right now and you know essentially what i'm saying in this podcast is meditation it gets you closer to that and so having all these anxieties all this panic all this fear getting close to this summit um which you can join the waiting list for summit at www.survivingthecancer.com um the last few minutes of this podcast will actually explain what that summit is if you don't know already um I, you know, coming up on this summit, I just started sitting down every day and meditate, meditating for 20 minutes or so. 20 minutes, not 20 minutes or so, 20 minutes on the head. And what I'm realizing is there's a subtle underlying hum of fear that dictated and, and pretty much terrorized a lot of my life unbeknownst to me. And I wasn't actually happy. I wasn't actually living a good life. I wasn't actually enjoying myself. I was stressing out and I was feeling bad and I was feeling... Like I was, like I was panicking. Like, well, a lot of us are panicking our way through lives and our lives and don't even know it. And when I started meditating, suddenly the anxiety of reaching out to people went away. Like it's you know, suddenly you know there are probably small amounts of anxiety here and there, but largely like I feel like Kawhi Leonard. Like all right, like it, it, it kind of it, it's kind of gone away. Suddenly the clarity of what I have to do moment to moment is is there, and it's not like a. a like, a, like pulling teeth anymore. It kind of just happens. Like when I say I'm going to do something, I go do it and I go do it hard. And I go do, do it to the best of my ability. And even in recruiting for the summit, like at first I was having a lot of difficulty. I was sending out these long, thought, well thought out messages, quote unquote, well thought out, which were really panic written, you know, trying to, you know, do, doing the best I can to persuade. But as soon as I started meditating, I'm just sitting like, hey, do you want to join the summit? And whereas before I had two and a lot of people had denied me and didn't want to come on the summit, now people are just like back to back to back. Like, yeah, sure, I'll come on the summit. Like they can detect the energetic difference. I don't even know how in the messages I'm sending. Supposedly, maybe they can't detect the difference. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm sending messages differently because I'm more comfortable, because I'm more focused, because I'm more, more relaxed, I'm more in the zone, more in, I'm more in state. You know, uh, I think there's this book called Tribe of Mentors. I never read it myself, but supposedly uh, the book written by, uh, what's his name, uh, Tim Ferriss, you know, one of the, you know, key components of the, the book is like a compilation of 20, 30 of the highest performers in the world, uh, and one of the consistencies between what they all do uh, in order to stay on course and perform to the high level they perform is meditate, um, and so I really wanted to come on this podcast as generic as it is, and as, as much as everybody knows, just to reiterate 
because as much as we know we don't do or we forget to do or we try one time and we let it fall off even though it's a habit that we should you know keep on and do professionally and consistently um i just wanted to say man meditate meditation is something that you know is really helpful and it 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 is essential for our lives in so many different ways. Even if you don't, are not preparing for a big event. Even if you're just living everyday life, you know it's this one song called by Kendrick Lamar. It's called Feel, and it's this it's this line in our song that I can feel it. The scream that haunts our logic, you know. He said, "I can feel it." The scream that haunts our logic. Um, and a lot of people do have that scream that's haunting their logic every single day. Like they don't know they're not happy. They're like, "This is a regular day," but something just doesn't feel right. Life just feels dull. I just feel like. I don't know. I should be happy. I should be excited in this moment where I'm on Laguna Beach. Like, I would go to Laguna Beach in Malibu, some of the most beautiful beaches in the world, and just not really feel much of anything. I'd be like, eh. eh. Like, like, in my mind, I'm just wondering, like, why don't I feel extreme excitement? Why don't I feel extreme happiness? You know? And it's because I'm doing these equations in my head to get to an outcome instead of actually taking in what it is that's actually right here in front of me. Like, it's crazy how the brain tricks you. The brain literally like trick you and, and your survival mechanism will literally be in the back of your mind like like just sucking the joy and the enjoyment out of the lives that we live and you know like i remember wake like going it got really bad a few weeks ago or really like two weeks ago or something like that i would go to sleep every night with the craziest and wildest and self-defeating thoughts in my mind man so many of them like like to the point where I didn't even know the purpose of what I was doing anymore and I would wake up and I would just be mad like I mean I woke up like not that I didn't want to wake up but like sleeping was peaceful sleeping sleeping was so much better you know because as we discussed sleeping is the only state where you're not doing those equations anymore um man it's super super crazy stuff but uh yeah we got to get to that place I believe we got to get to that place uh where we're just you know where we just we know exactly what we want to do and we're going for it, but we're, de- we're detached from what, you know, from the outcome, from the result. We're just performing at the highest level. And we have to get in state. We have to get in the zone. And I believe that's what causes a lot of the greatness that we see from our own lives. Not that I'm a, you know, authority on that or anything like that. But yeah, uh, that's really all I have to say for this podcast episode. You know, I remember 10 years ago, Owen Cook posted one of the first videos I saw of him, a video about meditation. I should have been meditating for the last eight years, but I dropped the ball on that, obviously. But he was talking about our lives as a crystal, our bodies as a crystal. And, or, you know, our bodies are like, you know, our bodies, they're an instrument. And we're trying to shine our purpose through them. So our body's like a crystal. And like our purpose is like a light that we're trying to shine through it. Okay. And some people, the crystal, because there's all these thoughts, all the noise of society, all the background noise of their own mind. The crystal is like cloudy and you try to shine the light through it and it's refracting, it's, it's muddy, you can't really see. Uh, it, you know, it's not really coming out the other side. But if you meditate, if you if you come to a, a calmness, a peace, a silence, a stillness about your life, you try to shine the light through that crystal and it's like a magnifying glass. The light becomes amplified, the light becomes focused. The purpose of your life is channeled easily, more easily. You know, it's this lyric from Kendrick Lamar, he's my, one of my favorite rappers, probably my favorite right now. And he says, uh... Hard to channel your energy when you know you crooked. It's hard to channel your energy when you know you crooked. And a lot of people are living crooked, but they don't know it. So that's all I'm expressing this podcast. So uh, quickly about meditation. What are, all I do to meditate is I sit down in the car or in a place that's quiet. Sometimes it's not quiet and that's okay. And I don't cross my legs. I don't 
you know, I don't sit any particular way. I just sit down like I'm like regular, you know, and I look forward or, you know, I move my eyes around sometimes. I'm not going to lie. And what I do is I just breathe and I try my best to retain a clear mind, a clear thoughtless mind. And sometimes, most of the time, thoughts come and I entertain them for like five, six minutes. And then I, you know, when I remember to clear my mind, I just try to clear it again. And then another thought comes and I entertain it and I try to clear, you know, but the objective, thoughts will come is what I'm saying, but the objective is just to have a clear mind. And, it, you know, thoughts are gonna come and, and that's fine too. So I just sit there for 20 minutes, I breathe. Six seconds in, then exhale for six seconds and I just try to focus on the current moment that I'm experiencing and all the beauty and the glory of that moment you know I try to like look at you know uh like this rock in front of me it's like a cement wall from I try to look at all the little molecules and the details of it and glory of it and really appreciate it and see it see it for what it is you know in a, in a in as thoughtless of a way as possible like I try to just be here in the moment and with a clear mind and appreciative of what's in front of me um because that is a special thing um and so I just do that for 20 minutes while breathing six seconds in, six seconds out. Um, six seconds, pause, then 60 seconds out, pause, then six seconds in, pause, and then six seconds out, just like that. But anyways, I'm going back up to the room to conclude my day because it is about 1 a.m. I got to wake up like 8 a.m. tomorrow because uh, we're going to, I'm not going to tell you where we're going, but somewhere cool. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's Dallas and it's the Grand Design Podcast. I appreciate you watching. Um, if you're interested in learning more cool stuff like this, go to www.surviveandcancel.com uh, and sign up for the summit. It's an absolutely free virtual summit where we uh, have 30 of the top podcasters, influencers, business people in the world, multiple, multiple, multiple multi-millionaires, and they're going to explain how they, the inner and outer side of how they in 30 days will start a social movement uh, that's profitable for them also. A social movement around their business, rather. Um, yeah, www.survivingthecancel.com to join the waiting list for the summit. Um, and yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. If you enjoy this podcast, like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you say. But please review more than anything. And uh, this is Dallas Parade. I'll see you in the next episode. Terrible news. A bunch of crazy socialists just decided they didn't like your opinions or your ways of life that much. You have 30 days to build a counter movement of supporters before they cancel your business and your livelihood crashes and burns. How is it given 30 days we create a counter social movement around your business, turning your customers into true fans in the process and rally enough support to survive the cancel? Interesting question, right? That's the exact question I asked 30 insane entrepreneurs who've actually done it before. That's right. I gathered some of the top minds in business, some with millions of followers behind their social movements, and recorded their answers for the world to hear on a free live summit I'm hosting. Interested in hearing their answers? Well, you can register for the free summit, the Surviving the Cancel Summit, at survivingthecancel.com. Wait, so why are you still here? Aren't you interested in how some of the sharpest minds to ever exist in business are actively creating social movements around their business that shape the literal culture, the literal world that we see around us visually every single day? Like this summit is going to be absolutely insane. These business moguls, whatever you want to call them, are going to step by step outline exactly how in 30 days, 
they will unlock the hidden social movement within their business to one destroy cancel culture and to two affect their customers and clients on such a deep level that they become evangelists for their message it is going to be insane stuff and you do not want to miss this one so again the summit is at www.survivingthecancel.com so come and finally learn the difference between being a marketer someone who can create sales and being something else someone who actually can make an impact in this world
Terrible news. A bunch of crazy socialists just decided they didn't like your opinions or your ways of life that much. You have 30 days to build a counter movement of supporters before they cancel your business and your livelihood crashes and burns. How is it, given 30 days, we create a counter social movement around your business, turning your customers into true fans in the process and rally enough support to survive the cancel? Interesting question, right? That's the exact question I asked 30 insane entrepreneurs who've actually done it before. That's right. I gathered some of the top minds in business, some with millions of followers behind their social movements, and recorded their answers for the world to hear on a free live summit I'm hosting. Interested in hearing their answers? Well, you can register for the free summit, the Surviving the Cancel Summit, at survivingthecancel.com. Wait, so why are you still here? Aren't you interested in how some of the sharpest minds to ever exist in business are actively creating social movements around their business that shape the literal culture, the literal world that we see around us visually every single day? Like, this summit is going to be absolutely insane. These business moguls, whatever you want to call them, are going to step by step outline exactly how in 30 days they will unlock the hidden social movement within their business to one, destroy cancel culture and to two, affect their customers and clients on such a deep level that they become evangelists for their message. It is going to be insane stuff and you do not want to miss this one. So again, the summit is at www survivingthecancel.com so come and finally learn the difference between being a marketer someone who can create sales and being something else someone who actually can make an impact in this world